Christ was born And God sent us salvation That blessed Christmas morn best so glad to have you with us here today guys if you're a guest with us my name is brad i'm the pastor here at southview and it is an honor to have you worshiping with us today if you are a guest with us if you're not plugged into a church anywhere we'd love to have you worship with us on sunday 9 30 and 11 but thank you so much for being here today uh a big part of your Christmas season for many of us is this service. Just get the chance to come in, fellowship, hang out, set our hearts and minds on Jesus. We just love doing this together. I, I want to read some scripture to us as we begin our time. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. You'll recognize these verses very well. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is why we're here today. Because God proclaims good news of great joy. A Savior has come. And that Savior offers peace and joy and hope to all who trust in Him. This is our prayer for each of us today. Not just that we would come together and enjoy a, a really good Christmas Eve service together, but that every single one of us today would see and understand who Jesus really is. He is our Savior who has come to proclaim good news of great joy that makes us right with God, sets us free from sin, gives us new life in him. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for your life. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, that you came to die in our place for our sin. We today, Lord Jesus, lift our voices and proclaim much praise and worship to you, God. We thank you, Jesus, because you came bringing this good news to us. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, let's everyone stand together as we continue worshiping Jesus.
service is one of my favorite things we do all year. I look forward to it so much. It's such an amazing time for us to come together and spend some time here at this Christmas season. And and I know a lot of you build this into sort of your Christmas traditions, like you go to so-and-so's house before and you come here, you go after and you've got it all planned. We all have different traditions. Everyone has their thing, right? Uh, So how many of you are real tree people? Real tree. Real tree. Anybody? Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. Uh, how many of you are fake tree people? Fake tree? There we go. There we go. So we have a tradition um, in, in our house as well. We do it every year. So we load everybody up, right? Put on the hat, put on the gloves. We get ready. Like get an actual real axe, right? And I go and I pull down the door to the attic and I climb up. And I get that box and I drag it out. So authentic, makes me feel, you know, and one with nature, it's awesome. But we got all these traditions. Um, So let me give you a little history lesson real quick. Uh, Christmas trees. Where do they come from? Where that, what's up with that? So the first instances we see of Christmas trees are in Germany around the 16th century. Here's where they came from. Christians would gather together on Christmas Eve. And as they gathered together to remember Jesus, one of the things that they would do is they would remember Genesis. In the book of Genesis, God creates Adam and Eve, puts them in a garden. And there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and a tree of life. And if you remember the story, uh, God tells Adam and Eve, you can uh, eat anything you want, but do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you know the story, they did that. They sinned against God. They went against God. They broke his law. They did what they desired. They did what seemed right in their own eyes as Satan deceived them. 
And they ate that fruit, and from that, judgment and condemnation was brought on them and all of humanity. But there was another tree, and the reason that they were cast out of the garden is because God said, we don't want them to now take a hold of the tree of life and live under that judgment and condemnation forever. So they were kicked out of the garden. And so what would happen was, on these, in these churches on Christmas Eve, they'd come together, and they'd put a tree up in the church. And they typically would put apples on it. And they would kind of do a play. Like, you remember, like, you know, we do like kids' plays at Christmas, right? Nothing's new under the sun, man. We stole that from Germany, 16th century. They do these plays commemorating the Garden of Eden and what was happening and what was going on there. And then afterwards, all the kids would rush the stage and get the apples and eat the apples. Right? And so eventually over time, Christians started putting those trees in their own houses and decorating them. And thus, God created Hobby Lobby. Right? <laughs> Just like that, man. Just like that. But here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to see. Here's how awesome God is. Like, listen to me. I know we got a lot of people here that I don't know personally. A lot of people here, Christianity may not be your thing. Like, you're here because you're a good family member and, you know, you don't want grandma to disown you. So you're here. We're glad you're here. But listen to me. You can't get away from him. Like, literally, when you write the new date, January 1st, 2024, 2024 based on what? When you sell people Merry Christmas, it's literally in the name. When you put a tree up in your house, the origin of that is people remembering the fact that Jesus Christ was the promised one to set his people free. Everything, everything is about him. So today, um, we're... Uh, I want us to think through that just for a moment. Again, the origin story of all this, not the Christmas tree, but the redemptive history of God, what God is doing. So if you go back again to the book of Genesis, you see Genesis chapter 1, God creates, God creates Adam, God creates Eve, he puts them in the garden. Again, he tells them anything that you want to take, you can take, but one thing you cannot, the tree tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Again, if you're familiar with the story, the serpent comes, tempts Eve, Eve gives in, um, gives to Adam, Adam gives in, they eat of this tree. And God told them, if you do this, you will what? Die. But as they do this, in Genesis chapter 3, again, I mentioned this this morning, before he pronounces any curse or judgment on Adam or on Eve or on humanity, in the midst of pronouncing a curse on the serpent, he drops this nugget. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He says to the serpent, Satan, I will put enmity, strife, division, conflict, war, Between you, Satan, and the woman, talking about Eve, and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So let's unpack that just for a quick second. So putting strife between Satan and the woman, why why is that? What is going on here? Well, what's happening is, again, what we're going to see is there's someone that's going to be promised to be born. We see that in the next little line. Between your offspring, the children of Satan, and her offspring. And it's interesting. He doesn't say between Adam and Eve's offspring. There's nothing about a man involved here. It's just the woman, her offspring, implying there's going to be one born that has no earthly father. How do you do that? How does that work? Right? From Genesis 3. The, 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 the incarnation of Jesus, the virgin birth, was already being prophesied and proclaimed. She, her offspring, a woman from her, will bear a son, not in a natural way. And this son will have war with you. And it says how that war is going to end. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Okay, so what's worse? Getting a bruised heel or a bruised head? We're going to say the head, right? Would you rather have a foot injury or a head injury? You want, to, right? you want to take a blow to the foot or the head? I choose neither, but if you had to pick, right? If you had to pick a lane. 
The idea is this. Satan, this, this, this one that's going to come from Eve, this one that's going to be born of woman, Satan's going to do something to him that he thinks is a fatal blow. But really it's not. And then this Savior, this hero, this seed from the woman is going to turn and crush the head of the serpent. Everything, everything from the Bible from that point on has been hinging on this point. The fact that there's going to come a Savior. A Savior who will rise up and save men and women from their sin. Uh, in fact, if you keep going on through Genesis chapter 3, eventually Adam and Eve have kids. They have their first son. And uh, you see in Genesis chapter 4, um, uh, Eve gives birth to uh, Cain. And she says, I have brought forth a child, I brought forth a man with the help of the Lord. She thinks this is it, right? She was told, hey, someone's going to be born from this lady, and he's the one that's going to deliver you. She has a child born. She's like, bingo, I got it. Right? She, the, she, she prayed the prayer of every single woman. By the Lord's help, I have gotten a man. But that wasn't the one that was being promised. That wasn't the one. There was one yet to come. And his name is Jesus. And so Jesus comes. And as we saw this morning... He came to set his people free. Here's my question for you today. Have you been set free by Jesus? Again, so think about we got trees up here. Right? We have two Christmas trees. Let's just imagine, let's put ourselves in the Garden of Eden. All right? Imagine over here we have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This tree says you can figure out your own life. You can do it. You know what to do. You've got the right answers. You can figure it out on your own. You're wise enough. You're strong enough. You're smart enough. You can accomplish it. Over here we have the tree of life. The tree of life says that only God is the one who can really be my strength. Only God is the one that I need and desire. I have to have him. I can't live apart from him. Adam and Eve had a choice. They chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They chose to believe that they could do it on their own, in their own strength, with their own ability. What about you? Let's be honest, just for you today. What tree have you eaten from? Have you sought to live your life in your own strength, by your own ability, and your own efforts? Or have you thrust all of that aside and said, I just need Jesus, I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do it in my own ability. I need him. Has that been you? Have you trusted truly by faith in Jesus Christ? Because this one that is promised here in Genesis 3.15, we know that's going to be Jesus, right? So Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary. He lives a sinless, perfect, pure life. Lives 33-ish years on this earth. Sinless, pure, perfect. And then he dies. And he doesn't die for his sin. He dies for ours. He doesn't die because he deserved the death. He died because, he died because we deserve the death. The Bible uses the, the, this idea, this theological term of substitutionary atonement. That he died as my substitute, as your substitute, in my place and in your place. We deserve that death. We deserve that place. But Jesus died there for you and for me. Have you trusted by faith in him? Every year during our Christmas Eve service, we take part in communion together, and we do that on purpose for a reason. Because we want to make sure we see and understand the connection between Christmas and Easter. Right? They're not two separate events. They're one thing. They're two sides of the same coin. Right? The point is Jesus came to earth and what we celebrate is Christmas for the purpose of dying for our sin and rising again, what we see at Easter. And as we come together here at Christmas Eve, we always share this together. 
remembering this baby that we're celebrating, this great moment of birth that we're celebrating came with a reason and a purpose and a design. This baby was born to die for me and for you. Have you trusted by faith in him? Have you seen that Jesus died in your place for your sin? From the very beginning, Genesis chapter 3, from the very beginning, the point has always been there's going to come a Savior that will crush the head of Satan and will deliver his people from their sin. Have you trusted by faith in Jesus to do this? I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads for me here this evening. And, and I want to take just a moment for us to pray. For you, have you trusted by faith in Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Have you seen that Jesus died in your place for your sin? Have you truly given your life to him? Have you surrendered everything to him? He wants your past. He wants your sin. He wants your shame. He wants your guilt. Trust him with all of that. Tell him, God, I don't know what to do with any of this. I've been trying to carry it on my own, and I can't any longer. The weight is too much to bear. That's why Jesus came. Give it to him. Trust him with it. This, right now, today, If you have never trusted by faith in Jesus Christ to be your Savior, I want to ask you if you'll be willing to do that right here, right now. What that means is that you understand that you indeed are a sinner. You have eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You have tried to go your own path, your own way, your own desires, your own plans, and you've experienced your own consequences that come as a result. You've seen that that has not gone well for you. But you also see that God has given an opportunity to be changed and made new. And that opportunity comes through Jesus Christ dying in your place for your sin on the cross and then victoriously rising again. Do you understand that he is your sacrifice? He's your substitute so that you can be forgiven and be made new. And if you realize that today, that you're a sinner, that Jesus died to be your Savior, today, will you give your life to Him? Will you give your life to Him? Trust Him today. Just simply right where you are, just say, Jesus Christ, save me. I give my life to you. Make me new. If that is your prayer today, I want to encourage you to kind of seal that right here, right now, by sharing in communion with us. Communion is a very special thing. Communion is something that's for believers in Christ. remembering and celebrating the sacrifice made for us so that we could be made new. And if today you have trusted by faith in Jesus Christ, seal that today with this. Lord Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you for your gift. I thank you for your sacrifice. I ask you today, Jesus, that as we celebrate communion together here at Christmas, remembering the true meaning of Christmas, that this was not just a baby being born. This was God in flesh coming to be our sacrifice and Savior, to rise again and be our victorious King. I pray, God, that we would not just celebrate that today, right here, right now together. Thank you, Jesus.
thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, should be in front of you or around you, you'll find some cups like this. You can go ahead and grab that. So, again, let me explain communion and what we have. Communion, the Lord's Supper, was given to us by Jesus there in what's called the Last Supper. He's with his disciples, and we'll read that scripture here in just a moment. But he gives this, and then... 1 Corinthians speaks to it a little bit long more. It gives us a little more uh, depth and understanding of what's happening. So I know on the surface that looks like um, juice and a cracker. And you would not be wrong. But the Bible says that there's also something else going on here as well. And that's when the people of God come together as a body. And we together collectively set our minds on Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for us. And something powerful and spiritual and even we believe called supernatural takes place here. It's symbolic, but it is special symbolic. There's something special taking place here. What we are remembering is the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, broken and shed for us in our sin. The Bible would say that we are to do this together as a body, remembering the sacrifice, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, how this right here is the only hope I have. The body and blood of Jesus Christ is the only hope I have for life and salvation and peace and joy and anything that may come with it. This is all I have. So let me give you a couple of thoughts, okay? Number one is this. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, we're glad that you're here. We love you. We want you here. There are many things that we open up and make available to you. We want you a part of our services. We want you coming and asking questions. We want you to be in our Bible studies. We love that. We try to really open up the doors so you can come and experience the people of God and the grace of God and all that's going on here and ask your questions. There are many things that we make available to you. But this is not one of them. This isn't one of them, okay? This is something special. This is something that Christians do as a reminder of our Savior having his body ripped apart so that we can be made whole. And if that's not something that you trust in, we love you. Just don't do it. No one's going to even notice. No one's going to pay attention. No one's taking pictures. But this is something special just for believers. Now, if today, again, you've trusted by faith in Jesus, maybe you've got a lot of questions still. You're, try, you're like, I don't know what this means, but I know this is something that I need. Amen. Praise God. Let this be your first meal as a Christian. Amen. 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 Secondly, if you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, You know Jesus, you love Jesus, you walk with Jesus. However, there's some sins in your life that you're just not wanting to give up right now. You're just not wanting to walk away from them. Jesus has set you free. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that your body doesn't belong to to you anymore. It belongs to Jesus because he bought it with his blood. It actually belongs to him. So we are to glorify God with our bodies. But if, if, if that's not something that you're willing to do completely right now, the Bible would also say this is probably something that you should refrain from as well. And that's okay too. You know what? There have been times in my 30 some years of being a Christian where the communion plate has been passed And I didn't take it. 
I didn't do it. That didn't make me a bad Christian. That didn't make me less of a Christian. That didn't make me anything. That made me someone who took this seriously and said, I just need to spend some time in prayer. Like, there are other chances. Today's just not my day. I just, I need to spend some time with the Lord. There are things I'm still trying to work out in my heart on various things. That's okay. What we want to do is build a culture here where we understand this is, this is a big deal. This matters. This matters. But third, I would say this. If you come today, you're a follower of Jesus, but you come weak, and you come tired, and you come struggling and limping and stumbling, don't be afraid of this either. There's grace here. In Romans 5 says where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, right? The point isn't that we're... You're perfect. You got all your things figured out. There's nothing wrong. I don't do anything that I shouldn't do. And so now I can take communion. That's not the point. If you're coming today with a heart of submission and a desire to walk in the Lord, then take this and say, Jesus, I need your grace. Jesus, I need you. Help me. This is what brings us together, man. This is, this is what combines, this is what, what brings us together and, and joins our hearts together with all in one unison. We lift this together and go, we desperately need Jesus. As a body, all of us, man, I need Jesus. So I take this myself and I take this with my church family because individually and collectively we're all saying, apart from Christ, I have nothing. I need him. I need him. Which is why, again, we love doing this at Christmas. We love doing it at Christmas because it brings all of it together. Jesus Christ came, born into the midst of sin and rebellion and junk and shame and mess so that... He can save us from our sin and our shame and our rebellion and our mess. He came as a baby, worshipped by shepherds. God knowing that this little baby who was at the beginning worshipped by shepherds was going to one day grow up and be the lamb that was slain for all of our sins. There's a reason for all of that, right? All of those things. Why shepherds? Because this was the lamb, the perfect lamb, the spotless lamb that was going to be slain so you and I can be forgiven. That is why we celebrate communion on Christmas Eve. He is the lamb that was slain, watched over by shepherds so that you and I can be made new. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is in the upper room there with his disciples, sharing the Passover feast. And he says to them, Matthew 26, verse 26, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I want to ask you to grab your juice and wafer. Uh, you can just peel the top part off there and that'll expose the wafer. Take that. Again in verse 26, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he gave it to the disciples. He told them, take and eat. This is my body. This right here, this, this small little wafer. Again, it, it's, it symbolizes way more than just this. This symbolizes for you and I the actual body of Jesus Christ that was broken 
so that you can be made whole. Take just a moment before you eat. Let's bow our heads. And I want you to take just a moment thanking Jesus for breaking his body so that you can be made whole. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you allowed your body to be broken for us. Now, thank you that you give us the gift of communion to be a reminder to us of what you did. We pray, God, your blessings on these little wafers, this little piece of bread. We pray, God, your blessings on it and the reminder that comes with it of your sacrifice for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Take and eat. In verse 27... Jesus goes on and he takes the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Again, this little bit of juice in this cup symbolizes way more. This symbolizes the blood of Jesus that was shed so that you and I can enter into a new covenant with God, a covenant built on grace, a covenant that allows us to be sons and daughters of God, taking away our sin, making us right with Him, allowing God to literally dwell, live inside of us, writing His law on our hearts so that we can now walk in holiness. This little juice symbolizes something magnificent and amazing. Take just a moment. Thank Jesus for the blood that was shed for you, that allows you to have a new father-child relationship with God that can never be broken. Take just a minute and pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that you shed it, poured it out for many. For us right here tonight. For the total, complete forgiveness of our sins. Wiping them away and bringing us into a brand new father-child relationship with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Take and drink. God, we just thank you. We thank you that on a simple, unimpressive, silent night, heaven literally split open and God himself came to earth to be our Savior. Jesus, we pray today that the truth of the gospel becomes so real and powerful in us. Men and women made new through the sacrifice of Jesus. And that we will live that life every day moving forward for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen.
So we want to end this evening singing together. And uh, you have some candles there in your seats. Some folks are going to come by and light the end candles. If you can kind of pass that flame down. Um, I will say this. My 10-year-old daughter asked me a few moments ago if we'd ever caught anything on fire. I said no. And we're going to try to keep that streak going. (laughs) But as you get that, pass that down. We also refer to this as the Instagram portion of the evening. We look forward to seeing your posts later. It's so awesome also. What I want you to notice as this passed around, that as the lights are being passed, how, how brighter and brighter it gets. It's just amazing just to see that. And again, one of the reasons that we do that again is it's a great picture and symbol of, again, our light in the world. Two things, right? You as an individual candle bringing light into the world. But then secondly, what I want you to notice is together, when all of our lights are together, how bright it gets. It's a wonderful picture of the church, the body of Christ, Joining together, Philippians would say, lights in a dark world, in a crooked, perverse generation, but we stand as lights proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as you're getting that, I want to ask you to go ahead and stand with us as we end our time together tonight singing Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and
Jesus, you were Lord of all creation at the moment of birth. And I don't understand how in the world that works. But I thank you that I know it is true. I ask you, Lord, today that you will be Lord in every heart here. That every heart here would submit themselves to you as Lord and King. That you would have full reign and control and they would submit themselves to you for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As you leave here this evening, you may blow out your candle. As you leave out the back, please go out the back doors. We're going to have buckets for you to drop your candle in it. All right? We would greatly appreciate it. We love you guys so much. Merry Christmas to you all. God bless you guys. Have a great day.